This is the All Anal, All Anal, All Anal, All Anal Podcast with your host, Sebastian Starr. Sebastian Starr. With your host, Sebastian Starr. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the All Anal Podcast. I'm your host, Sebastian Starr, and today we are finally ready to discuss the long-awaited, highly anticipated album, See You Next Wednesday, by none other than Belly. Now, I have been waiting for this album to drop for a very long time. I know back when I did my Better Believe analysis, we were waiting for the release date of the album, and we had finally gotten it August 27th, and I, I got to tell you, it was it was well worth the wait. It was it's quite an extraordinary album. Now, I will say this. Leading up to this album's release, with his last project, Immigrants, I wasn't in love with that album because I had been following Belly since pretty much up for days, which that was when I was kind of introduced to him with, you know, might not and love kills, which are beautiful, beautiful songs, beautifully composed, beautifully produced. And of course the lyricism is always a one on point. And then, you know, I just kept following his career, you know, uh, from up for days came another day in paradise from another day in paradise came insomnia from insomnia came mumble rap, you know, and then from mumble rap came immigrants. Um, and I just feel like immigrants kind of, I'm not going to lie. It was a very personal project. I felt like it was a lot more in tune with how he was perceiving the world around him versus the traditional, you know, aesthetic that he tried to push out. And then when this album came out, someone brought it to my attention that Belly is actually a trap rapper, which I'm not a fan of trap rap, but I am a huge fan of Belly. And the, the biggest thing that I can admire about Belly, like I've said before, his idiosyncratic, you know, way of speaking, his flow, and even the metaphors that he chooses to use in his song are just impeccable. Every single thing that he does just screams, you know, uniqueness to me. And I feel like as a trap rapper, he definitely stands out from the others in his field because of the way he speaks or the words he chooses to use. He's a lot more metaphoric, which maybe is why I didn't see him as a trap rapper. But then when you think about the things that he's talking about, that's exactly what he is. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a realization overall, nonetheless. And, you know, listening to an artist for a long time, their music shifts and changes and transforms as they do, as their lives do. They're not the same person that they were when you first met them. And that's kind of the point. You want your favorite artist to grow and thrive and strive and become successful. And may I say that Belly has been, he's been doing quite well for himself since I first heard him back in what, 2014, 15? Yeah, I want to say 2014, 15 at the latest. But let's get into See You Next Wednesday. So again, it was it was long awaited. He's been on hiatus for a couple of years. And this isn't the type of release for an album that's like, you know, they're teasing at it for forever. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, he was on hiatus for years. After Immigrant dropped, he kind of went on his own. He kind of disappeared for a while. You didn't really hear too much from him. And then, you know, he started posting on his Twitter talking about how he was trying to just better himself mentally and emotionally. He got a great support system. Since then, he's gotten engaged. So kudos to him, you know. And he he had his album release party last weekend, and he performed live on Jimmy Kimmel. 
and all of these crazy parties and all of these people coming out to show support and, you know, congratulations to his success. And it's very positive. It feels very good. And then on top of all of that, the features on this album are outstanding. Now, there are a couple that are honorable mentions, you know, Moneybag Yo, Nas, which is a really, really big one. The song that he has with Nas is actually quite amazing. And I am going to talk about that. Big Sean, PND Rock, Lil Uzi Vert, which I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Lil Uzi Vert, but you know, that and the song that they have together on this uh, album, it actually makes me laugh. It's actually kind of funny. Um, but he has a lot of features. At the same time he dropped the album, he dropped like two more music videos, you know, in addition to all of the singles that he was dropping. Um, Better Believe, If You Know You Know, Money on the Table. He has uh, music videos for all three of those. And then he has these. The thing that I love about Belly specifically is that he will do the like hardcore energy stuff. And then he'll flip it and do some real soft stuff. But the real soft stuff isn't like marshmallow soft. It isn't like deep down inside, I just want to be cuddled like a teddy bear. It's not that. It's very emotional. It's very personal and it's very deep. It's it's triggering to the soul and the spirit. Like it digs into your body and like triggers these, you know, emotions that you probably never even thought that you had, that you were capable of feeling. And that's crazy because again, he's a trap rapper. But what I'm noticing about trap rappers is that they are all very in tuned with themselves emotionally. Because on the surface, usually the, the standard build of a guy in that caliber, in that field, in that line of music is very big, broad, intimidating, covered in tattoos, probably got a couple of piercings. They hang around a bunch of other really looking tough guys who kind of look like them. Their voices are really grungy and deep and they always look mean and smug and mug in the face. But when you start talking to them, you realize not only are they extremely intelligent and very well aware of their surroundings and themselves and the influence that they have on others around them and their fan base and their community, but they have hearts of gold. They care about everyone and they care about everything. And they're so in tune with their emotions that they have some of the most stable relationships, whether it be, you know, lovers, acquaintances, friends, family, they have such strong and passionate relationships because they're passionate about everything they come in contact with. So that's kind of the ironic twist to being a trap rapper is that you have a heart of gold and you care more about everything than anyone else probably could care about anything. The only reason why people assume that you don't care is because to get to this point in your life, you had to go through all of these trials and tribulations. You had to fight a war that nobody asked for that you especially didn't ask for to get to where you are. And now that you're capable and stable and, you know, in the financial means to take care of yourself, now you want to take care of other people. And that's all you think about. That's all you care about. That's all you want to do is take care of other people. You have a humongous heart and that's all that you, that's all that matters to you is just making sure that the people who took care of you are taken care of. And people overlook that when it comes to trap rap, which that's a conversation for another day. But I digress. Let's dive into this album really quick, shall we? Starting at the tippity top, Snakes and Ladders, which is very, very, I, I saw the, and here's the thing. When this album dropped, I didn't, I wanted to wait 
until I had all the time in the world to listen to it. Because I wanted to listen to it uninterrupted. I wanted to go all the way through and just get a feel for every single song on the album. So I didn't like, I didn't like go over the track list. I didn't go over like the name of the songs or anything like that. And I just kind of let it play out. So I heard for the first song and I was like, Snakes and Ladders. Okay, that's interesting. But it's actually a pretty good song. It, it is a great way to start off the album. It's really, it kind of like the introduction, like the I'm back, you know, because like I said, he's been on hiatus for so long that you kind of forget that Belly is exists. But unless you really follow the weekend like that, unless you really like pay attention to what's going on. And it kind of gave me the same feeling that Insomnia did when it first opens up because it's like the narrator or the conductor of a roller coaster ride speaking. So it starts off with good evening, good morning, and good afternoon. I see some of you have retained about trust to the newcomers. I say, please be seated and do not be alarmed for this is just a figment of your mind. So in the beginning of Insomnia, it kind of starts off with that warning, you know, like for those of you who have weak senses of weak stomachs or whatever, please exit to your left. For those of you who dare to stick around, you know what I mean? Like it, it gave me that feeling of you've been warned. You're about to reach into some dangerous territory. And, and I love, I love the way he comes in. First verse. He says, only time I be a snake is at the sight of a rat. The flow so dope, my birthstone might have been crack. That's, that's crazy. I don't know what it was about that. Only time I've been a snake is in the sight of a rat. I was like, damn, okay. Because usually guys like that, when they use those snake and rat metaphors, snakes are usually someone who is devious and deceitful and sneaky. You know, they, they, they warm you up with this charm and, and, and charisma only to stab you in the back. And, you know, a rat obviously is a snitch, someone who can't be trusted with information because they go out and tell, you know, your enemies or the ops or whoever the hell. So he's being sneaky and mischievous to the snitches and the people who can't be trusted. So it's a very interesting way of saying a lot by saying very little. Let's just sum it up that way. So that's how the album starts. The album starts with the song Snakes and Ladders. And of course, we had the singles drop. I didn't want to skip past any of the singles, even though they kind of played back to back to back. So if you know, you know, is track number two, Better Believe is track number three. And then Zero Love featuring Moneybag Yo is track number four. Now I actually hear Zero Love played on the radio and that gets me very excited because I feel like Belly is still kind of sort of in the underground. I mean, he signed with Rock Nation back in 2016, 17 and has been doing work with them ever since. And of course, he's still heavily influenced by the EXO, the, the label. He's still very much involved with EXO in the weekend. But I feel like when I hear him on the radio, I get like really, really excited because not too many people, he's not buzzing. You know what I'm saying? He's not like an artist you'll see on the shade room on Instagram, which by the way, most of the people who pop up on the shade room, I've never heard of before. They're usually like influencers or somebody's girlfriend or ex-girlfriend or baby moms or something like that. Something, they're usually someone who doesn't contribute 
to entertainment, but for some reason people want to know what they're doing with their lives. Like it's a lot of people that I have never heard of before that pop up on the shade room, whether it be about their clothes or they were just seen with so-and-so or they just got into a fight. So it's not really, that was probably a bad example. So the shade room isn't really something that people pop up on positively unless they're like trying to be shady, which is kind of the point of the shade room. But I digress. So whenever I hear Belly on the radio, I do get very excited because I feel like more people need to know who he is and how great he is. Let's get to one of my favorite songs, Flowers. And this is one of those songs, like I said, that's kind of emotional. It's very personal and it hits deep. It, it kind of talks more about, you know, how he feels like people aren't going to love me until I'm gone, until it's too late. Like, no one wants to give me my acknowledgments. No one wants to tell me how good I'm doing, you know, how good of a job I'm doing. No one wants to acknowledge my accomplishments. But I guarantee you, if I die today, tomorrow, everyone's going to be like, oh, man, I can't believe it. He died so soon. This is such a tragedy. I can't believe this happened. So it's like basically give me my props. Show me that you care about me while I'm here. Don't wait for it to be too late. Until, you know, to finally recognize that I'm worth paying attention to. So basically, that's kind of summed up in the chorus. I might just disappear. Give me my flowers while I'm still here. Before you shed a tear, give me my flowers while I'm still here. I cannot live in fear. Give me my flowers while I'm still here. That day I disappeared, you wish you'd gave me my flowers. So basically, yeah, like I was saying, it kind of sums it up in the chorus. Don't wait until it's too late to tell me how much you appreciate me or to tell me that I'm doing a good job or to give me my condolences, congratulations, and to shower me in accomplishments or shower me in recognition for my accomplishments. Don't wait until it's too late to do that. Tell me now while you got me here. And it's a very, I love, and he, he does a good job with like singing. And this is something that I said, so I'm on a fan page on Facebook and a lot of people in this fan page, it's the weekend fan page. A lot of people in this fan page talk so much shit about other EXO artists, Belly included. I remember when Better Believe dropped and people were listening to it and they're like, oh my God, The Weeknd did so great. But this is Belly's song. And a lot of people were talking shit about his verse like he didn't do an immaculate job. And I posted in this fan page, the irony is, or the gag is, Belly co-writes for The Weeknd all the time. And The weekend co-writes for Belly all the time. They write for each other. They go back and forth. So the same lyrics that people are talking about they love so much that they can't get enough of, that they are just crazy about these songs that are performed by The weekend. Belly co-writes. Fucking Take My Breath is a prime example. Belly co-wrote that song with The weekend. They wrote that song together, and people went crazy over that song. Meanwhile, if Belly releases a song and people are like, ugh, that's trash, I can't believe, blah, 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 I guarantee you nine times out of ten that Abel, The Weeknd, Tessa Faye, co-wrote that song with him. They do it all the time. And me being a researcher, as far as being a lyrical analysis person, someone who breaks down lyrics, I have to know who writes these songs. I have to know who's 
responsible for these lyrics. And yes, they do write their own material. And yes, they do have other co-writers. But in the beginning, especially during the trilogy era, Belly was co-writing every single one of those songs on trilogy. On Up For Days, The Weeknd co-wrote all of the songs with him. Might Not, which is a great song, and people go crazy over it. Yes, they're on that song together. They co-wrote it. They wrote it together. Fucking Crew Love. He helps him write that. So it's like, you're saying that you don't like this person, but what you don't realize is that the person that you adore, he's partially responsible for the songs that you claim to love so much, but you don't like him. And I'm starting to think it's because Belly's a rapper and The Weeknd is a singer and usually people don't mix the two. And I think that's just closed mindedness. I think that's just people who refuse to be open minded because these people, they're they're more like musically than I think anybody else. And that's why they work so well with co-writing each other's music, because they're so similar. If The Weeknd was a rapper, he'd be Belly. If Belly was a singer, he'd be The Weeknd. They think on the same planes, on the same fields. Their thoughts and mindsets are parallel to each other. But people, y'all not ready for that conversation. Anyway, let's get to one of my favorite songs on this album real, real quick. It's called Sucker. I don't know why I like this song so much. Because it's kind of like P.O.P. If you go back and go back to Mumble Rap, the album Mumble Rap, and go to P.O.P., that's a great song. This song feels a lot like that. And it's kind of the same, what's the word that I'm looking for? It's kind of in the same atmosphere. It's kind of in the same universe. P.O.P. is more speaking on a woman who uses the power of pussy, which is what P.O.P. stands for, to get what she wants. You know what I'm saying? He had Black China in the music video, and I think she's prime example of someone who uses the power of pussy to get whatever they want. So basically, the woman in P.O.P. is described as someone who, you know, is young, but very, very smart, beautiful, and very, very charismatic and charming. And they use that charisma and charm to woo rich and desperate men into not only throwing them money whenever they need it, but getting whatever they want. Half the time, they don't even need to sleep with these men. It's just the the wanting and craving of the idea of getting to sleep with them that makes these rich men open up their wallets and give these girls whatever they want. It's very, very manipulative. And to the point where when you do sleep with them, they'll trap you with, you know, a kid or, you know, promises for more just to get more out of you. It's very manipulative as a type of person. Now, Sucker, let's just really, really quick. I'm going to go over these lyrics. We're going to dive into the first verse. I wake up every morning, count money, 20s, 50s, 100s. Only thing I'm cuffing, snow bunnies, nose running like she's coming down with something. I like that. So I broke, I almost cried until I started chopping onions. It's ironic because I felt it all coming. Then I blew the money, blew money, all hundreds, because yeah, hundred bills are blue. Standing on the shoulders of a giant, Paul Bunyan, moved to Cali. I've been bagging all these bitches down and running. If we talk in real estate, I own a real estate. I like that. I like that line a lot. Fuck being real because we can't tell who's being real or fake. I mean, half a mil is great. 
I sold that deal in weight. Now all my bitches tens body like a figure eight. So it's kind of like he's head honcho. He's the kingpin. He's the boss man now. He's making serious moves, making serious money. And he has women who are willing to lie, cheat, kill, do drugs, get drunk, get high, do whatever. Basically, he's asking. He's basically like the Tony Montana in the scenario. The girls, here's the here's the here's my favorite part of the song. And and I think it's more of the way he says it that is like. I don't know, humorous to me. I think it's kind of funny. He says, lollipop, lollipop, save it for a different sucker. She's going to hit the powder room for a quicker picker upper. I don't love her. I don't judge her. I ain't thinking nothing of her. She's going to mix it till she lose her appetite and miss the supper. So basically, she's going to go off in her own world, do a line of cocaine, come out ready to wing bamboo punch stuff and that's just gonna be that's just gonna be this is gonna be how it is and then he, in verse two he describes this woman in grave detail <laughs> oh, i'm just gonna go into it for a minute i'm sorry he said five foot five my kind of freak little mama got the job top parked out front that's a come up when she ride by beep beep she's such a stunner like a drive by kill him every summer She's the front runner. I know I never love her, but if she wants something, I'm going to buy her every color. She got good dome, more like rotunda in the bay, smoking green by my wrist, frozen tundra. So he's describing like the scene. He doesn't care for this girl on an emotional level, but she looks good. She's his type. You know, she's willing to do whatever and he's willing to give her whatever for her services, so to speak. You know what I mean? Living the good life, basically. And I don't I don't know what it is. It feels a lot like P.O.P. though. So if you like P.O.P., you're probably going to like this song too. It just feels good. And I just, again, I just, it may just be the way he says it. <laughs> it may just be how he says it that, that, that tickles my fancy. But um, let's get into another one of my favorite songs that makes me laugh. It's Two-Tone with Lil Uzi Vert. I was at the gym when I was listening to this album, and this song came on, and I just thought it was the silliest thing. <laughs> I thought it was so silly because you're better than this. You're so much better than this. Let me just read the lyrics real quick. We're going to just dive into it real, real quick, like look at the split. The chorus, belly, I won't let him breathe. I got what you need. The devil is a lie. I never believed. Two-tone, sliding down the road like a sheath. Two-tone, I'm sliding down the road like a sheath. Verse one, you ain't popping, change the topic. Fucking with me, that would be so catastrophic. Vintage pocket watches while you pocket watching. Sweet streepers, they gonna get to mopping. Silk the shocker, they can't kill my chakra. Ooh, I like that. I won't smoke this shit if you don't roll it proper. I like that too. Never went to high school. I went to school high, and I used to keep the pounds inside my locker. <laughs> ah! Hold on, wait a minute. It's not that line. It's the line I'm about to read. <laughs> he said, he said, hold on. <laughs> he said, my bitch got cake, Betty Crocker. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> he said, what? 
He said, my bitch got cake, Betty Crocker. All she drink is Henny. She don't fuck with vodka. Curving bitches that was bitching like Tanaka drop a sound like Waka Flocka. And then he'd do some onomatopoeia. He'd do boom, 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 boom. And, oh, Jesus Christ. I need to get to Lil Uzi's verse because I said, dude, I, I, I can't do it. Okay, hold on. I got to get to Lil Uzi's verse. I, I, I don't. And I want to make this crystal clear. I don't care for Lil Uzi as an artist. I do not think he's good. I think he has made a reputation. He's he's continuously in that phase of I have to be outrageous to get people's attention. And I have yet heard a song by him that made me change my perspective on how he is as an artist. I'm sure he's a fine individual. Because he's friends with a lot of my favorite artists who are known to be fine individuals themselves. The weekend being one of those people, unfortunately. But as an artist, I don't care for him. As a person, eh, he, he seems like he's trying to be weird on purpose versus just naturally being awkward or just naturally being uncomfortable around other people or just having like a sarcastic whimsical tone in your voice I feel like he does that on purpose I feel like he's not really into shit like that but he does shit like that so he can get people's attention and then he continues like he's playing a role like he's playing an act like he's a character like I don't believe that the version of Lil Uzi that you see is the real version of him and that bothers me like just stop trying to be this weirdo if you know you're not really into this shit. Like, and then the shit that he does is just beyond outrageous that I just can't get, I can't get jiggy with that shit. So, but I, again, that's a conversation for another day. We don't have to talk about that right now. But um, his verse in this song <laughs> makes me laugh. <laughs> I don't, I don't take it seriously. And I, and I don't take the song, I don't take the song overall seriously. Not too much. I mean, and maybe I'm being biased, but I don't think there was anything wrong with Belly's verse per se. I just don't take the song seriously because I can't. Um, he, Lil Uzi, verse two. Man, I'm dripping on my old phone. This ain't even my new phone. Balmain, lime green, two-tone. I got too much uh, motherfucking guap on me. He really put the uh in there. I got too much extra salad celery. She want to suck it up okay once. Hasta la vista. Yeah, smoking on a pound of Chiba. Bad little diva gonna move my reefer. Mink on my back, no pita. Big bankroll don't need no visa. I'm a dog bitch like big... What? <laughs> he said... I'm sorry. He said... I'm a dog bitch like a big Akita, Akita, Akita. I got spots in this bitch like a cheetah, cheetah, cheetah. I got stripes out this bitch like a zebra, zebra, zebra. I said, bro, there's no way in hell that you could be. God damn. This is worse than Young Thugs versus Better Believe. And that shit was trash. What in the hell? Okay. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you this. Mink on my back, no pita. It's basic, but I'll give it to you, okay? Ah, uh, Jesus 
Christ. He, I can't even find anything else. I, 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 I can't do it. I can't. I can't. Please, somebody, somebody give me something, anything, anything by this nigga that is valuable. What is he talking about? He said, bitch, I'm a dog, like a big Akita, Akita, Akita. Okay, I'm going to just roll it off. I got spots in this bitch, like a cheetah, cheetah, cheetah. I shit you not. He says it three times. I got stripes out this bitch, like a zebra, zebra, zebra. I can't do this. I can't do it. What the fuck are you talking about? Just, I'm trying real hard. I'm trying with everything that I have in my being to give this nigga a chance, but he continues to disappoint me. And this is the shit that I'm talking about. I, it, it, and, and it wouldn't be so bad if the lines that he had that were acceptable weren't so damn basic. Like, anybody could have said that. There's nothing unique or special about you or the way that you think that makes me feel that you're worthy of some kind of praise for your quote-unquote accomplishments. What have you done? Has this nigga even broken records? I don't think I've ever seen any kind of post on social media of this nigga's albums going platinum or him having the most streams and downloads on Spotify. I haven't seen that. I don't even know what this nigga has accomplished besides just being a fucking weirdo. Just, I can't. I try. I promise. I promise you I'm trying. I just don't see it. It's not there. It doesn't do it for me. What is this nigga talking about? And then the rest of the fucking verse, he's just repeating himself over and over and over again. He says body count about 13, 14 times. Oh, my God. I just can't. I'm not about to play with you. Damn it. Okay. The last song that I want to talk about from the album is the song featuring Nas and The Weeknd, obviously, called Die For It. And this is one of those songs that are very, very personal. It's taken to a very, you know, you know, a place where you can kind of contemplate in your own thought pool and, and recollect your life and your life's decisions. And it's very, very personal. So let's dive into the verses real quick. Uh, Belly gets the verse. And then The weekend just does the chorus, which... Okay. But what I really want to acknowledge is Belly's verse. And I'm going to get to Nas's verse, absolutely, because I think he did a fantastic job. And I think, side note, when I was younger... My oldest brother used to listen to Nas all the time. And naturally, I just kind of, you know, fell into the music that my siblings were listening to. But I never really appreciated it. And then, of course, Nas just kind of comes and goes now because he's at that point in his career and his life where he doesn't have to make music to stay afloat and maintain his relevance. But when he does make music, it's a really big deal. So I think I can appreciate him as a lyricist more now as an adult than I did when I was a child. But... We'll get to his verse here in a second. Belly's verse, verse one. I remember sleeping on floors and missing tours. I was rock bottom. 
money on my head that was top dollar. Had to stock para gunpowder for the walk rylers. I was home with pops when the cops got him. Paranoid. Voices in my head trying to kill the noise. They killed Nip. We never filled the void. I know the devil cried a tear of joy. I know the devil cried a tear of joy. Wait, I never tell you, but I heard the stories. I can never tell is this heaven, hell, or purgatory. And that's my favorite line of the song. Early morning ain't early for me. I'm losing sleep. Whole lot of sheep. I'm going to count them each, but fucking I've been up late. I've been getting twisted. I've been mixing up love, hate. Swear this shit is glitching. I've been missing for a month straight. Lost faith, but I'm going to die for it. I'm going to win. I just hope that I'm alive for it. Very, very poetic. And I think that's what it is about him that gets me, is that he's extremely poetic. So when I say he's metaphoric and he uses metaphors throughout all of his writing, that's what I mean. When I refer to metaphoric writers, it usually translates to this type of poetic type of writing style that not too, too many people want to dabble into anymore because they, they keep the flows to their consistency. Some people like to change it up. Some people like to maintain, you know, a certain rhythm, but not too, too many people do that spoken word poetry type of style. And I think that's what Belly does, especially when he's talking about his personal life, digging into his past a little bit, being afraid of failure or being afraid of success or being afraid in general of just what's going to happen in the future. Like it's that, again, it's that paranoia. It's that anxiety. It's that what's coming next that I can't see coming. Where is my life taking me? What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? Who am I going to have encounters with? What's going to happen to me? It's that fear of not knowing and he buries that so deep with the song. And it's just, it's terrifying. But I mean, I got to see it through. I have to, I have to know what's going to be waiting for me on the other side. And I can't let my fear stop me from moving forward and progressing and being successful. And even if I fail, I can say that I failed trying. It's a horrible, you know, realization, but it is what it is. And I think I can appreciate that. Now let's get into Nas's verse because Nas did a great job. <laughs> let's see. He says, uh, verse two, this is Nas. How much money will it cost us? Feds, bounty hunters at the office looking for some of our artists. We're just trying to help them out so they can change the outcome. Instead of putting pain in the streets, they're making albums. Changing their surroundings, hopefully housing, Smokery's Lounge in Bakar Routes. Not a cloud in the sky, oceans for long shit. You can die a legend in your own right or die a street legend if it's on sight. I get so lost in my thoughts, powerful things I would die for. Everything I built for 20 years won't allow you to make that crumble. Put you in the ground, I would catch a case for jungle and lean through the window, extendo to clean you up. Rest in peace, King Shooter, a foundation where such kids can stand for respect for my name, for the fam. Now, Nas is basically saying, I've put in so much of my time, so much work, so much energy, so much effort to not only build an empire, but to ensure that everyone who falls underneath me will only rise to success. I've seen the worst cases 
flipped into the better cases. And it's like this, it's like this terrifying God complex, but it's not like a, I, I made you who you were. So now you owe me your life God complex, but rather I'm seeing the changes that I've made to my community for the better. And any outside negative force isn't going to stop that from continuing. So it's not a, I helped you. Now you have to help me. It's a, I helped you and no one else is going to stop me from keeping helping you. So I'm protecting my community. I'm protecting the people that are in it from anyone on the outside who thinks they can come in and infiltrate and fuck up what I've taken so long to perfect. You're not about to do that. I'll die first. I'll kill first. I'll ensure the safety and well-being of people in my community before I let you, an outsider, infiltrate and violate it. So it's a God complex, but it's not like an evil God complex. It's like a protector God complex. It's like, a am going to make sure that this gets taken care of by any means necessary. I'm not going to let anybody stop the progress that we've made as a community. And if anybody got anything to say about it, they can die. That's what that translates to. And I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. I really, really, really liked this album. I'm so happy that it's here. I'm glad that we were able to, to bask in its greatness. And, and <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to laugh. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say this. I'm surprised that he didn't have future on this album, which I don't care for future either. <laughs> I don't care for future either, but Lord, he, I would have expected him before Lil Uzi and Young Thug. He could have took either of those verses and did something so much. I'd still be talking shit about it, mind you, just because he swoop swapped it to future doesn't mean I would not be continuing to talk shit. But if I heard a future verse, and I analyzed it or even just, you know, read the lyrics out loud, that wouldn't have frustrated me nearly as much as reading either of their two verses in this out. I wouldn't have read a future verse and been like, oh, this was trash. She could have got a little oozy to do this. I never would have said that. Those words never would have left my mouth. If I had to pick between Future and Lil Uzi or Future and Yuck Thug, I'd pick Future because at least he, he doesn't make sense, but he makes more sense than them. Let me say that. He doesn't make sense, but he makes more sense than them. And Lord, I don't know. But anyway, that was See You Next Wednesday. That was just a couple of highlights from my favorite tracks Overall, the album is immaculate. It was long overdue. Well well worth the wait, though. And I highly encourage you to go out and take a listen. It dropped on the 27th of August. So by all means, it's still brand spanking new. Take a listen. Try it out. It sounds great. And again, Belly is underrated as hell. He is... He is so, he's worth so much more than people are giving him credit for. And I really think that people need to start giving him the credit and the attention that he deserves because he very much so deserves it. But thank you for tuning in on this uh, episode. I really, really appreciate the support. And until next time, 
I will speak with you all later. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the All Anal, All Anal, All Anal podcast with your host, Sebastian Starr.